0: um are you starting to feel bad for bill you've watched you've watched more episodes than i have i've seen the first four episodes of the dynasty i watched uh, episodes three and four last night when my mother-in-law left town and i get the sense that some in the fan base uh certainly feel like he's getting railroaded i feel like he's getting scapegoated for sure and stabbed in the back are you feeling bad for him
1: first of all i feel a lot worse for christian fourier because the third episode of this went to the first Super Bowl and then just yada yada past the Super Bowls that he was part of. It's like, oh, yeah, and then they won two more, and then Brady started dating Giselle, and all of a sudden everyone hated the Patriots.
0: Yeah, yeah. they skipped over that very quick. You know why? <laughs> Because they spent two and a half episodes on two thousand one. I
1: know two and a half. So I understand. There's more
0: Wiggy in this than four. Really. Yeah, seriously, there Damn. was. I think Wiggy at one, but didn't they catch Wiggy at the beginning of the third episode saying we're going to Bourbon Street or something like uh, that? I remember Wiggy walking around with the AFC yes, Championship, exactly. letting all the fans uh, touch going the, going to the to trophy. Street. Exactly, man of the people, Jermaine He certainly was. So no, that that's why we got no o three o four. It's because we spent two and a half freaking <laughs> episodes on two thousand one.
1: It was really heavy
0: <laughs> that yeah, way.
1: Dang it. I get it because like from a storytelling perspective, you're trying to establish them as they were this lovable underdog that nobody saw coming as a dynasty. So you want to spend a lot of time in establishing who those main players were and where they were coming from. There's a lot of backstory to those guys. Brady, Kraft, Belichick, you kind of get those in the first three episodes. But then you just zoom past where they actually became a first dynasty. You zoom through it. You get to this point with Bill where well, hey, he, just
0: Real quick before you say that, they pass over so many great players. Yes. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, if you didn't know any better and you weren't a diehard Patriots fan, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they had Rodney Harrison. Like, they barely even show him.
1: And it's kind of funny because— Like, Will
0: Fork strolls through the locker room at one point, and if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they had Vince Wilt. Like, they just show him. Welker. They cut. They spend no time on I Wes love Welker, Corey Dillon, that whole no, part of the, the There's, there's like two exist. lines.
1: There's two lines where they're like, "Oh yeah, we realized we didn't have the talent we needed, so we went and got Randy Moss." Right. That's and all. It's that, like that's there were some other moves in there. Yeah. You know, so some other stuff happened. I did,
0: look, uh, you don't need to spend a whole episode on Wes Welker or Vince Wilfork, but like some time on those teams or like other components of the 2017. Who Brady team, it,
1: became exactly. over those next two Super Bowls might have been
0: nice. That it would have been, been
1: nice. anyway. That that this is my this is kind of a different point. So when you get to episode four, I did think it was interesting how they set it up with the security guy who used to be the state cop and yeah, the
0: mayor of the Meadowlands. Yeah,
1: exactly. And he's talking about this idea of how much he struggled with going undercover because he had this sense of he was betraying and being dishonest. And that kind of played a different, a couple different ways when you look at the Eric Mangini and Bill Belichick relationship. And so, from a human perspective, I could understand Bill Belichick. You could make these through lines that he becomes this insular guy who brings his kids on staff eventually only wants the people closest to him because because he becomes distrustful because one of his protégés goes and double crosses him. But at the end of the day, he was still cheating. And that's kind of where I am with Bill on this whole thing is that. Yeah, I can understand the human perspective of who he eventually became, why he started talking to the media the way that he did, why he became more closed off, why he made these certain personnel decisions. But I'm also looking at it going, but you did cheat. And maybe a lot of other teams cheated, too. That's always what's been said. The other teams, a lot of them were doing the same thing. Bill just got caught because of Mangini. That's fine. You still did it.
0: Yeah, I don't don't even mean specifically about Spygate. And if that's where you want to take it, that's fine. I just mean between Robert Kraft, the afternoon after him and Bill are up there hugging, when Bill says his farewell on a Thursday or whatever it was, and Kraft stabs him in the back two hours later when he does a Q&A that we played you live here on WEEI. And our first reaction was, holy crap, it's both holsters are aimed at Bill. Or even, to a lesser degree, when you get Gerard Mayo last week, you know, meeting with the media. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna let our coaches have input here. and we're gonna be an ego free coaching staff unlike Bill's giant ego was the inference. and like Mayo's stabbing him in the back. Then you get these episodes. and it's like Bill did this, Bill did that. Are you starting to feel bad for Bill? And you're telling me Mego. the same person who feels bad for everyone Mac Jones, <laughs> among others, even you don't feel bad for Bill Belichick?
1: I do. But I think the way that you're talking about it, where it's like he's on screen and he's squirming. I'm already coming from a place of I feel bad for how things ended up working out for Bill here and that he doesn't have a job now. But I still to me, watching him on screen is still more like watching Nathan for you. Or watching that movie, Along Came Pauly, yeah. where the guy has like IBS on a date. Mm-hmm. Where It's like watching someone have IBS hey, on a date. Wiping his ass with
0: a ferret. <laughs> <Where you're laughs> yeah, that's, right.
1: that's what this experience that's is like, right, yeah. where it's like, it's just, it, it's painfully awkward. That's how I feel. I don't look at it. I, and okay. I, I think gra- Kraft keeps coming off looking worse and worse. I, if anything, maybe it's making Bill more of a sympathetic figure. So
0: I wonder if that was Bill's strategy, because my answer is, no, I don't feel bad for Bill. And despite the little sob story from Steve Belichick with Chris Long uh, on the Greenlight podcast about, oh, my dad shows more personality. I was happy he could finally do it and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel bad for Bill because of the approach he took in this documentary. It's like he was it's like he was doing his Wednesday press conference. He answers questions the exact same way. Oh, yeah, I already referenced that. I don't really have anything to add. I mean, he talked like it was a Wednesday press conference
1: because he doesn't want to talk about that. So
0: the way Bill carried himself makes me not feel badly for him. But I do wonder if what you just said was a strategy where he goes, look, I'm not going to add anything to this because they're going to make themselves look bad. And I don't have to say anything. I have to do anything. I have to make the argument because they're going to make it themselves. I'll ask you, Patriots fans. There's a lot of you loyal to Bill Belichick. Why'd they move on from him? They're going to be worse without him. Are you feeling bad for the barrage? Just the dumping on Bill Belichick that this dynasty docu-series has been through the first four episodes. And I think it's going to continue.